1: if you're already a parent to singletons and you've just found out that you're having twins, you're probably wondering how it, it is so very different. How will your children react to having twins invade their home? How can you get around with three-plus children in tow? And how can you spend time with each child? Our expert twin parents are here to share their tips about how to balance the changes when welcoming their new twosome into the family. This is Twin Talks, episode number 20. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say
2: Babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one
3: do you like better?
4: Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So
3: can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double
1: trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least
4: you're not Octomom.
1: If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, parenting times two. Well, welcome to Twin Talks, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Twin Talks is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting and new parents of twins. And I'm your host, Christine Stewart Fitzgerald. Now, have you heard about the new Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. And you can subscribe to our monthly Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Twin Talks app. It's available in the Android and iTunes Marketplace. So before we uh, jump into the show, let's get started with, uh, we've got some panelists here in our studio and on the phone. Also, I'm going to start with uh, Kimberly on the phone. Can you introduce yourself?
5: Yeah, I'm Kimberly Williams. I'm from Portland, Oregon. I have two singletons in the home, ages almost eight, um, 17 months, and identical twin girls that are eight months. Pretty, wow. <laughs> we
1: did we, So we heard that your twins were born, I think, nine months after your youngest singleton. Correct. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go in our studio, Andrea.
4: I'm Andrea Lehman. Uh, I'm 43. I'm an economist. I have three kids, a 7-year-old boy and 5-year-old twin girls.
2: And my name is Casey Haynes. I'm 37. I'm a middle school special education teacher. I have a 5-year-old girl and 21-month-old boy-girl twin.
6: Um, I'm Sunny. I am mommy to four kids under the age of four. I have two older boys. My oldest is three and a half, and uh, my middle guy is almost two. And then I have identical twin girls that are four, months old.
1: And I'm your host, uh, Christine Surfagel. Now, I don't have the older singleton before twins, so I'm listening to all you uh, (laughs) as the the experienced uh, twins, but I do have uh, four-year-old twin girls, and then I have a singleton after my twins who's uh, 17 months.
0: When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust.
3: So here at Twin Talks we like to keep apprised of twin related news and share that with you. An article published recently talks about um, what we would call an epidemic of twins. So nearly half of all babies born with advanced fertility help are multiple births. We've all heard about, you know, the Octomom or the case of implanting tons of embryos in the hope of getting one. But this article is really kind of talking about the, instead of the issue of three versus two embryos implanting which used to be a conversation doctors are now having the two versus one conversation with patients um they they mentioned that a lot of people want twins or dream of having twins or think that they're getting some kind of two for one but as we all know carrying twins has a huge risk associated with it and so what they're trying to do is look at ways that they can increase the possibility of single embryo transfers being successful in order to reduce the amount of double embryo transfers so we're looking at um possibly lowering the percentage of twin births at some point. Uh, The article quotes that in 2007, only 4% of women under 35 were using single embryos. Uh, In 2011, that was 12%, so a, a threefold increase in the amount of people using single embryo transfers instead of double embryo transfers. Hmm.
1: I mean, I, I think that the guidelines. I mean, they're they're long overdue, and I'm sure it's in reaction to yeah the so the, the overuse of implanting multiple embryos, and um, you know, and I, I would I would agree. I I think I'm I'm sure you know if we had the um, perinatologists on here and the fertility experts, I mean, they could talk about how um, the all the process has improved over right. the years. So the the rate of success has gone up. Um, so there's so many different reasons why implanting, you know, one or, you know, or less embryos, um, you know, would work. I know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are looking at the cost of, you know, doing the fertility treatment. And they're like, right. oh, my gosh, I I can't afford, you know, this $20,000. Yeah. We can't go through this again. And just, you know, all the, you know, injections and everything else associated with that. And they're like, well, let's just get it done. So right. I can totally understand you know from the the parent standpoint of okay, it's it's more cost-effective and less time-consuming to just do it at once. But, of course, they just don't know what it's like on the other side of things. <laughs>
6: but, you know, I have to – I feel like such a hypocrite with this story because I was literally that person – and you guys have kind of heard me say this story before – but, like, I was that person that always wanted twins, and I knew that, um, that my last pregnancy was going to be the last time we planned to get pregnant. And I – I didn't know what I was going to do, and and I had had fertility treatments with my first son, and that's how I got pregnant with my with my first son. My second baby was like, wow, we did it on our own, yay! Um, and 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 my thought was, I actually really wanted four kids, and I really wanted twins, and and I did go back, I I went back to my fertility doctor, and I said. I know this sounds crazy, but I really want twins. Wow. <laughs> I did. I really did. And and he said, well, you know, because we were talking about getting back on Clomid. I wasn't going to do the IVF. We don't have the budget for that. And, no you know, I knew we could conceive just fine, so I wasn't going to go that route. But I really wanted to get back on Clomid to increase my chances of having twins. And I I only did that one appointment. We talked about what to do. And, you know, once, you, once you've once you been on Clomid, you can kind of jump right back on it. They don't make you do a bunch of stuff. I think, you, you know, they need to maybe run some basic tests on you. Just make sure that you're okay if you haven't had it in a while. And you maybe do an ultrasound or whatever. Whatever. But other than that, you can hop right back on. And I came home and I talked it over with my husband. He's like, I don't think we should try to manipulate this, you know. And he he really just wanted to keep it to three kids, anyway. <laughs> like really. And, and then the more I thought about it, I I I kind of was that way too because I thought, you know, if we got pregnant with twins that way by trying to make it happen so hard, would I have any guilt? especially if it didn't turn out if if one of them had some sort of disorder mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. and i forced that and so i just had to let literally nature take its course and just sit back and go whatever i'm supposed to have i'm going to have mm-hmm. And then spontaneous twins. So, and <laughs> so you got what you wanted. I did, and a but I, I was the that crazy person yeah. that went in saying, I really want twins. What
3: can I do? Well, and I think we'd all agree that, I mean, given the chance to go back and do it over again, I don't know anybody that would give their twins back. I no, mean, you know, no. if you had given me the option of one instead of two, sure, it, it sounded really tempting in those early <laughs> days. But, I mean... I mean, nothing can compare to the experience. So I definitely, I mean, I wouldn't fault anybody for, for wanting two babies if they were fully apprised of the risks, like you said, and willing to take that on. Um, I think there is kind of conflicting views. Some doctors were saying they're seeing women that want those twins, but some doctors are seeing women who just want a baby. And so new research yeah. is showing with improved screening techniques um, and frozen embryos, they can improve the success rates of single embryo transfers and so what they're trying to do is really give women an option Mm -hmm. you know if you if you are willing to take on the chance of twins and that is what you want to do considering the risks go for it but if you really just want to be pregnant no matter what let's let's try to give women that single baby without adding the risk Mm
6: -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's nice to have that option it really is I'm, i'm really thankful that medicine is evolving where we have more choices like this
1: So it'll be interesting in the next few years to see if um, we see a lot more um, twins (laughs) from fertility treatments.
6: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
1: So today's topic is having singletons before twins. And today we're talking with our expert twin parents who are here to share their tips. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, So as our experts, um, so you knew what it was like to have a single baby. So what was your uh, initial expectation for having twins? So, uh, Kimberly?
5: Oh, my gosh. I was absolutely terrified. I was nervous. I did not know what to expect. And with it being completely unexpected, um, it, made it, it made it that much more um, nerve-wracking on me. Because,
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's see, at this point, you had you had three. You had the two and then the, a nine, or, yeah, a, well, let's say just a few-month-old baby, right, when you found out that you were having twins.
5: Correct. Yeah. I had uh, my daughter in september and i found out in november that i was expecting the twins
1: wow yikes <laughs> but but a, but you were an experienced mom so you, at least you knew i mean i think you probably did some breastfeeding and things so um you knew a little bit of the routine so I, hopefully that was helping
5: um it was it was helpful i knew what to expect you know having a baby but mm-hmm. i don't think i could have ever prepared myself what to expect when the twins came <laughs>
4: <laughs> big surprise uh, well when we so uh, we had the older one and so the expectations with the others is is uh, I, I can relate to terrified um, you know we cleared all decks we moved so we left the city where we would lived for 20 years and we moved back to where my parents live because we knew we needed more help um My We had held on to my husband's Mustang, which was completely impractical. You couldn't even (laughs) fit a car seat in the back of that. So that got traded in for the minivan. My mom took 12 weeks off from work with the Family Medical Leave Act to help me. Uh, And looking back on it, I think we should have cashed out more of our retirement for extra help because it was just...
1: Wow. we, We didn't do that, but... So um, you you were really pulled out, you know, all stops and getting prepared. You knew this is going to be a big thing, big change. <laughs> That's awesome that it. You I mean, you really took so much you know, well around. and
4: it's still and it was still an adjustment i mean you you can do i think we all do this right i, I have this theory that type a parents are the ones who get blessed with twins <laughs> but right you can prepare and prepare and they're still you know still going to give you lots of uh thinking on your feet <laughs> when
2: we when i first found out i had twins i was by myself at the time and um I remember my first thought was, oh, no, I've got to tell my husband. Like, I was, my, <laughs> I was kind of okay with it, but I was like, oh, no, how's he going to take this? And I remember I told my mom. My mom's like, just don't tell him. Just keep it a secret for a little <gasps> bit. I'm like, I'm I've got to tell him. <laughs> um, he was fine. He's like, I told you this was going to happen. Um, he knew? He Well, he just uh, – and I, that's why I said, I'm like, that's why we stopped with these two because I think if we would have gone again, it would have been triplets or <laughs> <kind
4: of remorse. laughs> like, We needed to stop.
2: Um We also... Our house was a lot smaller. We lived very far. We were at least an hour drive to anything. So we did have to move closer. Um, I think my only... Like, what I kept going through my mind was... Finances, Daycare costs, um, two of everything. Because I'd kept everything from the first, so I knew I was set with certain things, but not other things. So I think it just, it kept the, the financial, is just what kept rolling through my mind over and over and over. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even think I took the time to be like, oh, what's going to happen when they're actually here and I have two of them? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: To <laughs> so think about all the logistics exactly. around that. <laughs> exactly. So how how about the um, so let's see the more the the emotional social side of things you know you think about your your singleton and and if you had like in Kimberly's case you know multiple singletons um, how you know were you thinking about introducing um, your you know and prepare your singleton for the arrival of the twins I mean it's gonna of course you knew things are gonna change for you but um, for your you know your little one
5: for for me it was. Um my youngest one, I didn't really have to think too much about because she was so little and I knew that she wouldn't understand anything. My oldest one, he thought it was the coolest thing in the world. But at the same time, he thought it was kind of creepy that there were two <laughs> babies in there moving around and he didn't understand how it really worked. But overall, you know, the excitement, I think, took over and he just couldn't wait for them to finally come.
1: Wow. Well, that's a great thing. So that, And he knew he was going to be sort of the, the big brother.
5: Yeah, Third time
6: over. <laughs> you know, that's kind of that's what we did with my oldest, too. Um, he he kind of understood it, and we would just say two babies, you know, two babies, two babies, and I'd point to mommy's tummy and stuff like that. And, and then we um, – so he would go around and he would tell people about the two babies that were coming, which was kind of cool. And then we actually got him um, two little babies to kind of play with. So mm. these babies looked like – little preemie babies, you know, which actually, after my twins came out, looked really creepy, like, <laughs> close to what they actually look like. They're in the closet now. I can't look at them. It's kind of weird. Um, but then he would he would take those babies around the house, and I would talk to him. You know, he would want to put a diaper on those babies and want to tuck them in, you know, give them a pillow. Like, they need pillows, right? But give them a pillow and a blankie and night-night, night-night. So, because I knew he could kind of understand a little bit bit and and now he's really great with them. So did that lead to him being great with them? You know, I don't know, but it was kind of fun to, to see him be part of the process. What I a guess. great idea though, yeah.
1: giving him you know two baby dolls. Yeah.
6: Like hard, like you know, not super hard, not like plastic plastic, like mm-hmm. soft plastic, right? But they I mean they have babies that look baby dolls that look really real. And that's what we did. I say with Riley at first
2: my my whole thing was, you know, my husband was like, oh, we're good with one. I'm like, no, you gotta, you've got to have a sibling. You've got to have a sibling. And at first I was, like, super excited. I'm like, not only is she going to have one, she's going to have two. And and she was excited. And same thing. She told everybody about her two babies. And then all of a sudden, because I always do this, the fear set in of, oh, wait a minute. What if she feels singled out? What if they gang up on her? What if, like, all of that started to kick into gear? Which I, I still struggle with that now. Um, But that, yeah, all of a sudden, again, the excitement went to, oh, wait a minute, what about... Well, and how did you do the actual introduction? So
1: once the babies were born, I mean, how did you introduce it? Did you have any sort of um, special you know, gift or you know, sort of u- unique
4: introduction? Uh, I <laughs> wish I had done that. was yeah. <laughs> really, really smart. Idea. Hindsight. Yeah. My, um, my son came to the hospital and he would not even talk to me. So when the babies were born, he was like in a little, you know, he was one. So he didn't like, like Kimberly was saying that so young, they didn't understand a whole lot, though. He would talk about the two babies, but he just, he was not happy. And he, you know, he, I don't know if it's a hospital. The hospital is not the greatest. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. But, and You know, when you have the two babies and the older one, the older one, of course, went to grandma and grandpa's. Mm -hmm. So they aren't. They feel like they're being shuffled off. (laughs) Yeah. So they're not. He wasn't too thrilled about that.
1: Well, now, Kimberly, um, since this was really the third round of, I guess, introductions, um, did you do anything special?
5: Uh, We did. We got him like the little bracelet that said, I'm a big brother. And we got him the T-shirt that said, I'm a big brother that he could wear to school. And then we actually brought him into the NICU uh, shortly after the girls were born because they were doing so well. And he got to come in and look at them in their isolates and see. And once I think that he saw that everything was good and there was nothing wrong with them, he was so excited. And then we finally brought in Brooklyn, my younger daughter, and did the same thing with her. And it was, it just seemed natural. You know, it seemed real normal.
1: Oh, that's great! You know, I had never heard about you know the bracelets and you know, but so that's really cool that you were really affirming their their
2: roles as the you know the the big brother and and then they got to see them right away. So that's what we we did the yeah the shirts and special special things that said big sister to kind of give her that like hey I'm special I'm you know even though there's two coming I'm the big sister like I'm I'm in charge. <laughs> she thinks she is, she would like to be.
6: <laughs> I think it's different too when you have if you just have one singleton before your twins, I think it's a little bit different than having two single babies before your twins because they have the opportunity to kind of partner together. If they if they are feeling left out, and I don't know what age that really sets in, mm-hmm. but I know I know I don't feel as guilty spending time with my twins because I know my boys are playing together or they're you know they're you know because they're close in age too. I mean, actually, my my middle guy is closer in age to the twins than his older brother, but. You know, it, you would never know. I mean, the, the oldest and, and the middle guy play together all the time. So, uh,
5: and,
1: and I'm sure there's probably some. If, if you have either the same sex or opposite sex, um, yeah. you know, with your singleton versus the twins, then there might be some different dynamics there as well. And, you know, I was wondering now, um, as you know, let's say that the twins, they're a few months old and you've got your routine established. Um, did you have anything that you did to encourage closeness between your singleton and the twins Anna a Kimberly?
5: Um, my singleton, my older singleton actually helps us feed oh. the babies. Um, he didn't at first did not want to hold them because they were so small and he thought that he would drop them or he would hurt them. And we finally got over and said, you know, no, it's okay. We put a pillow there and he would finally hold them. And now we've gotten to the point that he will help feed them he will help make bottles. He will get binkies. He's just like the super Aww. big helper all around the house.
2: Oh, that's amazing. Wow. I was going to say to piggyback on that, I honestly, and people think I'm, I'm I don't am know what they think I'm saying, but I would not have survived the first year without my five-year-old. She, I mean, I had my mom who would come by or my sister that stopped by and, you know, my husband, he was working, he was in school. So it was me and the three and she was kind of my sole support, which is so sad at five. <laughs> um, but she was, she was my big helper and I made a big deal out of it. And she did the special stuff and, and same thing. She was a little bit scared at first to hold them. She didn't really want to do that. Um, but she helped feed, she helped get things, she helped play with them. Um, but yeah, I, and, and, you know, yeah, she she is my uh, my my rock. Oh, my five year old. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, that's a, I mean that's that's great and really encouraging. to Know that even at a really young age, they can still be a great help. I know one of the you know the big complaints about you know being a twin mom is like, oh my gosh, you know I I just feel overwhelmed. I need an extra set of hands, and maybe we don't even consider that some of the the siblings can do the little things, and
2: they want to they they want they to want partake, to they want to help. Mm-hmm.
6: My my oldest wants to pump for me, which, you know, he'll go and get the, you know, pump parts out, and he'll actually put them on his tummy trying to get milk out, and I'm like, no, honey, mom, mommy's got to do that. That's really not going to work. But they do. They, you know, like, it's just, you know, it could be as simple as just holding the bottle, you know, if you're pumping, holding the bottle for the for the baby so it's it's at an angle so they don't get as much air in there. Well, you know what I mean? Whatever. Um, but they do. They do want to help if they're at that age. And, and then I have, you know, again, my my middle guy is a little too young, and I can't trust him with the mm-hmm. babies. So sometimes it's a matter of trying to keep them separate. That's different, you know, mm-hmm. difficult just because you don't want t- you don't want him to not like the babies and and think that they're off limits per se. But you. Know, also don't want them to accidentally hurt the babies. Too. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. But I mean, that's great that if they can be um, helping, then it's, it's also kind of twofold that you're keeping them occupied yeah. at the same time. <laughs> I mean, that's right. always a challenge. Right. Um, and, and along that same vein, um, you know, you want to keep that that communication going with your with your singleton. Um, what are some of the ways that you can really, you know, show them your attention and make them feel special?
4: Well, we would have a routine because right? my mom was helping look after my twin girls. Well, she was helping me with the kids when the twins were born. And what I'd do is I'd have the twins most of the day and she'd have my son most of the day. And then we'd do the switch in the afternoon or early evening. And uh, at that point, I'd take my son and we'd go, you know, it, it's wonderful at that age that they're so happy with so little. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'd go to Target and that was like great. We, he, we'd we call it the popcorn store because <laughs> I was always hungry and I always had a sweet tooth. And we go, we go to Target, we get bag buy a bag of popcorn or we go to the donut store and buy a donut hole or go to Costco and buy an ice cream cone. And, you know, of course, I'm getting diapers at all <laughs> the locations <accommodations laughs> or what you know, whatever, wipes, whatever it is that you, <laughs> we needed. But um, so we had that as a little routine where I would try to spend some time with just him, even if it was, you know, just an errand.
1: Mhm. And if you got multiple singletons, I mean, Kimberly, how did you do it?
5: Um, we would do the same thing. If the twins went down for a nap, um, either myself, I would take him with me to the store to do whatever shopping I needed to do, or my husband would take him out to the arcade and they would have, you know, an hour or two just to themselves to go and just get away out of the house and kind of do the guy thing since, so They're surrounded by all women in the house.
2: (laughs) I would say with ours, um, I would try to do special outings. Like she knows, um, like right now, every Wednesday is our shopping. The twins aren't with us. It's me and her. We go shopping together. and um, She would also, I I really like the time because her and my husband actually bonded more. Um, after the twins came, because especially if I was busy with them, she'd go outside and play with Dad or go in the garage and see what Dad was doing. When they went down for naps, we'd use that time to paint her toenails or do a puzzle or draw a picture, um, any time that we could squeeze in together. Well, hold the thought,
1: and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the uh, logistics of uh, having uh, singleton plus twins and getting around. Well, welcome back. Today we're talking about singletons before twins with our expert twin panelists. Uh, so when you're running around and you're going grocery shopping and out and about with your kids, so what's your strategy for keeping them all together? I mean, if you're using strollers or shopping carts or
2: baby carriers, um, you know, what's your <laughs> typical way to, to get around? I, when the twins were little, little, I swear life was easier only because they were in their carriers, in the snap and go, um especially shopping or any things like that, they would be in theirs um their stroller I would usually pull whatever else shopping cart whatever else behind me um and my daughter was old enough that she could stay with me and help out and it would still be an exciting trip um going out with a singleton is easier. the strollers are smaller the <laughs> amount you have to take is smaller i remember with 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 Riley it was literally I could just do a carrier and I was golden everywhere we went like I didn't have to take anything and you know the twins it's it is harder we had to get a bigger vehicle, bigger strollers, you know bigger everything um but once you get it down and once you set up what works for you it it you you just have to do what works for you don't worry about anybody else don't worry about what everybody else tells you just do what works for you
1: mhm and I think and you mentioned getting a new car and Andrea you mentioned you just went out and bought a new car you're like okay this is <laughs> this is it making the change is i mean is that pretty common when you're
4: You know, getting going from one to three. The minivan is just a lifesaver. Oh my god! I was (laughs) I was driving my well, I inherited my grandma's Buick before that, which was really wide. And then I was driving that when I was pregnant with the twins, and so a lot of times I couldn't get out of the car because the doors Mm, on the opening on the side. So I would park, and then I couldn't get out. Oh no! So then I'd have to repark, or I'd be climbing (laughs) out of the back seat, or like uh, so. The minivans with the doors and kids, like, kids flinging open doors with the retracting doors on the minivan. That is just... And I had an auto door, which is so nice, because the one thing I hate about having twins is you're always leaving a baby in the parking lot. Yeah. Drives me crazy. I've had, you know, and I've had some close calls where people, like, are not paying attention, they back up, and there's what you have... You're holding one baby, you can't get both infant seats on the same, because they're on the different sides or whatever, but that would drive me crazy, so... I'd go in the parking lot, scout around. It was like a military operation. You know, <laughs> where, where's the sidewalk where I can unload? Because I have a squirrely toddler that's going to, you know, d- you unbuckle him last. You, you know, the double stroller, the two car seats, unbuckle the toddler. Yeah, I had a harness on him for a while, mm-hmm. too. So, um, and so then, you know, I had the double, the double snap and go was so easy. And then the one on the harness for a while. And then we moved up to the, um, had a double bob and the toddler would ride on the hump in the front so that worked for quite a while
1: so that's yeah so i think it helps if there if you have a toddler that can walk yes i can imagine um uh now i think sunny you've got a triple stroller and because your toddler is really not at the point of no he'll around. run away
6: He'll well I mean he'll he'll get into some sort of like mischief that I can't deal with at the moment so <laughs> um no so I have a triple stroller but I do have four kids but my you know my oldest you know again he's he'll be four in a couple months and I don't really think he needs it now he knows he could hold my hand mm-hmm. you know and and it would be fine or I could tell him to stay close and unless we were in a parking lot or where there's cars and then I don't trust them. But most of the time, you know, if it's just walking in a hall or something, it's not a big deal. So I did contemplate getting like a, what is that called even? A quadruple stroller? Yeah. Do they even make those? Yes, they do. They do. Yeah. They're mean, like they,
4: stadium seating. Right? Double, yeah. right? Double rows. Okay,
6: so I did consider that. The other thing I considered was getting one of those I don't know if they call them a boogie board, but those things that can attach to the back where if you had an older child, they could kind of stand and kind of mini skateboard on the back. So what I ended up doing, though, was a triple stroller that um, allowed for two infant car seats, but you didn't have to do it that way. They could just be two regular seats. And then the older toddler seat, it it kind of could be a sit and stand, um, or you could purchase like a separate seat that actually made it a full seat with a five-point harness or whatever in the back. And so that's what I'm using now. And because my older son is in daycare during the day, if I've got doctor's appointments or whatever I have to go to, I really only need a triple stroller, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so and that that's working really well. It is huge, and and I do have a minivan. I'm now a proud owner of a minivan. <laughs> we went from two to four, and my husband and I looked at each other, and were like, "Yeah, that that uh, SUV is out the door." <laughs> no, and and you know, and I'm right with you. And then the sliding doors, like that's a lifesaver. And so, um, but one thing you you do have to pay attention to is those triple strollers. As you can imagine, you know, a double stroller is bigger than a single, and a triple, no matter how they try to design it is bigger right and so even with a minivan it's really hard to kind of maneuver it and get it in the car and it's kind of a pain in the butt oh, I but imagine that and food if I didn't have stroller and oh. like you know a little goodie bag for my toddler I wouldn't be able to do anything <laughs> seriously
5: <laughs>
1: packing all that gear yeah no I mean Kimberly um now since of course you've got the last three that are close in age um are you using a triple stroller
5: I am not I just have a double stroller But I will say I never go shopping alone. (laughs) I I always take my husband. I always enlist my mother or I have my oldest with me because I have to, I put the twins in the double stroller. I put the one-year-old in the shopping cart. So somebody's got to push and it's, it's just chaotic. I, I would not recommend Going out on your own. <laughs> and, and still being able to keep your sanity, but yes, along with the the minivan owners, I've joined that club, which I said I never would. <laughs> and yes, it is not easy getting those strollers in and out, and getting you know the kids in and out. But you you just make it work. You do what you got to do, and you make it work. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I know, and for me, I know I, my my singletons younger, but having you know three plus, sometimes I do target different stores that have the larger um, shopping carts yes. so I mean like you know the, the big wholesale the Costco BJ's at Sam's Club the, you know with having the double seats plus the huge basket I think that seems to help out quite a bit in you know getting moving three kids around I think they should valet
4: park those things right <laughs> they're not by the cars no. they're yeah. in the st- so how am I supposed to get the three kids into the store into the triple thing so you know I'll cruise the lot like where did they get left Right. you know Right.
1: <laughs> Wow, uh, all the logistics um, we, we just touched on earlier about you know um, having the singletons um, helping out you know when you're you know feeding and taking care of the twins. Um, what are some of the other ways that you can uh, keep them um, occupied um, when you're in the middle of you know feeding and pumping and changing and, Food. and whatnot? Food. <laughs>
6: If you guys have other ideas besides food, let me know. But food always works. <laughs> I was going to say I, that, especially when I was
2: pumping, I would do that. Would be like um, iPad time, like that, like because you know, otherwise she'd want to be on it twenty four seven. But it's like no, iPad time is only for you know when mommy is like completely occupied. Then you can have iPad time, or um, that'd be the time that she could pull out like you know her coloring books. Like there were certain activities that we tried to set aside just for certain times, mm-hmm. so that she wouldn't grow tired of them. But at the same time, it was something I knew she wanted to do, that could keep her – you almost feel guilty. I knew she wanted to do it, so it would keep her busy. <laughs>
1: right? Something she likes. Yeah, uh,
2: exactly. It wasn't it wasn't punishment by any means, but at the same – I mean, I felt bad, but I was like, no, this is how we got to roll.
1: <laughs> and, and Kimberly, now you've got, I mean, a, a wide span of different ages. So how does that work for you, keeping them busy?
5: Um, the older one, like I said before, he loves to help out. So if I'm totally busy, he's the first one saying, you know, you know, I'll get this for you. I'll get that for you. Or he'll have his own time and he'll go and play the Wii or he'll go outside and play. Um, The one year old, she's, She's a little tougher, but I agree with the food. <laughs> you know, you can put her in the high chair and you can give her a few snacks or a banana and she is set to go for quite a while and keeps it going. So
1: So yeah, high chair sounds like food and high chair, iPad. Public <laughs>
4: television. Public oh, yeah. television. <laughs> <laughs> but, gotta love Elmo. But then if you're tandem feeding, it's hard to get to the remote.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Grab the remote. That's first. gotta be in your little breastfeeding basket, <laughs> right. you know, you take everywhere.
1: <laughs> And, uh, you know, looking at some of the kids, your singletons that are that are school age. um, Now, I I, I know it's when you've got kids that are close in age, you can kind of do some of the same types of activities at home. But once they reach school age, then, oh, my gosh, there's a whole new level of being involved in, you know, soccer and ballet and gymnastics. And then you're on this schedule. Um, So how do you deal with with nap times and, and, you know, other scheduled activities with the twins when you're, you know, having your singleton um, in this
2: regular scheduled routine? That's where I go to food. (laughs) (laughs) My my, uh, five-year-old did soccer for the first time and practice, of course, practice was too close to dinner time. And the twins, and so I would literally make sure I had the snack so I, at least I could keep them, you know, busy. And I would take any kind of toy possible to keep them occupied while she was practicing. And then game day, the games changed. Sometimes they were 9 a.m., sometimes they were right at lunchtime, sometimes they were right at nap time. So it was making sure that they were fed, they had food, they had toys. Uh, it does. It gets a lot harder, and I'm anticipating it being even harder. Now she wants to do dance, she wants to do soccer again. Um, with all the school stuff, like carnivals and everything else, it does start to get a little bit tough because nobody—I mean, they—they—they're not thinking about. Oh, by the way, when are your kids? When do we need to plant? They don't. Yeah.
4: <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> uh, we were able to to move to San Diego when we found out we were having twins because my husband's work said he could work from home, which has just been life saving. So I remember when the kids were little, the whole day was just a shift. It would be. Uh, twins nap, take the toddler out, because otherwise he'd wake them up. Come home, put the toddler to bed, take the twins out. Come home, put the twins back for nap, second nap, take the toddler out. And <laughs> it was the whole day, and then I remember I had a few months where they all had the same afternoon nap schedule, which was, oh, it was just, like, <gasps> amazing. amazing. It was amazing. and uh, But it, it was brief. But... Um, <laughs> And then nowadays, or the past couple of years, my son has been restricted in terms of his extracurricular activities as we only do them at the Y because the Y has a child care. Because there's just, and, and I, I have to confess, I get really jealous of the people, not the brave ladies who went for, who have four, but, um, <laughs> you know, the people that have the two that I was expecting where the older one is doing everything and they're carrying the little one or they're chasing the one little one because I can, I can never do that. I can't do it. It doesn't work. So... Like swimming lessons we do a rotation of 3. So it's like one goes, two are in the child care. Next one goes, next one goes. So I go I go in and out of the child care like 8 times. You wow. know, by dressing and changing and just
1: That's unique juggling. though. <laughs> wow. doing doing a rotation. I guess I never would have thought of that. <laughs> and, and and Kimberly, I mean again, you've got kind of a, you know, wider age span and then close, so um how does that work with with schedules? I'd imagine your your youngest 3 are have probably pretty close nap times.
5: Yeah, they are all pretty much on the same schedule and sleep around the same time and eat and wake up. And um, the the older one isn't really into the sports scene yet. So he goes to school and then he comes home in the afternoon and, you know, he gets his homework done and then it's most likely, you know, he's outside with the his friends playing basketball or whatnot. And so, it's not too hectic quite yet, but I, I foresee it coming very oh. soon.
1: <laughs> and and imagine do you, do you have to load the kids up in the car to go pick them up from school? Or
5: fortunately, I don't. <laughs> he um, he rides the bus, so I don't have to deal with that part right now. But um, you know, with any anything else, definitely getting the kids in and out. And I agree with all the nap times. Sometimes you have to break the nap times. To get somewhere and then put him back to sleep and it's it's nice and um, chaotic and fun and tiresome and <laughs> everything that goes along with it, but it it all comes around
1: yes. <laughs> And I I can imagine, too, I, I know with my, my youngest, um, she's adapted to be able to sleep in the car. And I found that to be such a great help if I have to go and run to, to preschool and, you know, pick up kids or run errands to have the, you know, sleeping, sleeping baby. And she can kind of just hang out chill for an hour. And then that sort of, you know get the check in the box (laughs) so thanks so much to each of our panelists for joining us today and for more information about singletons before twins or for more information about any of our panelists visit the episode page on our website and this conversation continues for members of our twin talks club and after the show our panelists will talk about the things they wish they knew before having twins so for more information about the twin talks club visit our website twin talks.com Well, here's a question from one of our listeners. This comes from Sandy of Kansas, and she writes, I'm pregnant with twins. I'm not very far along yet, so I'm still nervous and praying that they both make it through the first trimester safe and sound. But I'd love some advice in the meantime. Anything different that I need to do with my diet besides ingest more calories? Any special gear for pregnancy and beyond that I need to make sure I have? I'm really trying to learn everything I can, so any and all advice is greatly appreciated.
7: Hi, Sandy. This is Donna Rose Feinberg. I'm an IBCLC, mom of twins, and editor of breastfeedingtwins.org. As I'm sure you're already learning, there are some things about expecting twins that are a bit different from being pregnant with one baby at a time. Here are some things to think about and do during pregnancy. First and most importantly, listen to your body. Some moms find they need to make a lot of lifestyle and dietary changes while they're pregnant, and some don't need to change much of anything. Some moms are up and about at their normal activity levels, and some need to limit their activities early on. This depends on so many things, your previous activity level, your job conditions, and the unique circumstances of your own pregnancy. There's no single set of rules that is right for everyone. Please check with your own care provider to help you make decisions about your own unique pregnancy. Many nutritionists suggest increasing not only your overall calorie intake, but specifically your protein intake while pregnant with multiples. Protein helps your baby's development, and while many moms carry their twins to 37 weeks or more, some moms deliver early. It's important to ensure that your babies are growing well early on. This doesn't mean you should live on milkshakes and cheeseburgers, but you may want to incorporate additional protein sources in your overall diet. Lots of moms like making smoothies with protein powder because it's an easy way to get a lot of healthy ingredients and extra protein into one meal. I recommend a book called When You're Expecting Twins, Triplets, or Quads by Barbara Luke for a really good explanation of diet and nutrition during a multiple pregnancy. To keep yourself comfortable, I strongly suggest adding some extra pillows to your sleeping arrangement. You may want several pillows, maybe one behind your back and another between your legs, or you may be most comfortable with a long body pillow or other maternity pillow to support your growing belly. Many moms also find them more comfortable using a belly support band later in pregnancy, to help support their growing midsection. Sometimes you can have your care provider prescribe a special band or get one from a maternity specialty store. Finally, pregnancy is a great time to reach out to other moms. Join your local twins club or reach out to other moms with multiples online. Local groups often have expectant or new moms groups you can attend now to get advice from moms who have recently been through the adventure of twin pregnancy. Note that local clubs have different personalities, programs, and offerings. If one group is not a great match, you may be able to find another nearby or online that will meet your needs. Again, congratulations on your pregnancy. Take it easy, keep them cooking, and enjoy this new adventure. And come visit me online at breastfeedingtwins.org for more information and tips.
1: That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. And don't forget to check out our sister show, preggy pals for expecting parents and our show at the boob group for moms who breastfeed their babies and parent savers, your parenting resource on the go. Next week we'll be talking about having singletons after twins. This is twin talks parenting times two.
2: This has been
5: a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider.
6: New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com.